Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Build Muscle Burn Fat podcast and of course I am your host Sean. I hope you guys are going well. It's getting closer and closer to basically February. I am recording this obviously ahead of time. It's currently the 12th of January, but I think you'll be listening to this towards the February time period. And by now, if you've been following me for the whole year, you've kind of got a time frame and a bit of a well, a guide really to start you from start to now. And we've gone through how are you going to make progress? What foods should you avoid? You know, how am I counting food without using my fits pal? And now we're going to start touching base on the exercises. And a real common one I always get is how much cardio should I do? So for the theme for today, we're going to be touching base on how much cardio you should do, when should you put it in, and obviously the mistakes that people make when it comes to cardio and a body composition, especially when it comes to sculpting your body, getting a bit leaner, getting a little bit healthier. There are some things that you need to put first, and the way that I can really put this um, in perspective is you know, putting a jar in front of you, if you put all the sand in first, all these small things, you won't be able to fit in the rocks and the pebbles, which are the bigger and larger, more important things that you more than likely need to carry. So if you put things in the right places, everything will happen. But I want to start today's um, kind of story with a, uh, today's podcast with a bit of a story. I had a client who I was training and she was in her mid forties, um, mother of three, very busy lady, might I add. And one of the things that she was always used to was burning calories. And talking about cardio today, it kind of makes sense why I'm saying I'm sharing this story. First up, when she came to me though, her nutrition was definitely off track. She was sleeping two hours a day, and at the same time, she also had knee injuries. So I said to her, look, we need to start targeting this thing with the right priority in mind. But what was your goal? And we'll call her, you know, (laughs) we'll call her Bella. Um, Bella here was just basically talking about how she needed to fix her body because she had three kids, has knee injuries and she's constantly out of energy. The first thing I told her is, okay, we need to fix your knee injuries. The next thing she said was, I don't have time. The irony was that when we tried, when we tried to strengthen her body to have to do more, she was not able to do it because she couldn't walk downstairs. She couldn't walk down the road. So her limiting factor was always her knees. And at the same time, she was always trying to push herself to be able to run and walk and do more of these things that were putting more pressure on her needs. So I spoke to her and I said, hey, look, we've got a leaky bucket right now. And this story doesn't actually go as nice as I like it to go, but here we are. We have a leaky bucket right now. Your bucket has a whole bunch of holes. And at this point in time, we just keep putting more and more in into this bucket, more water, the more keeps pouring out. Because we're not, A, looking after our nutrition, B, we're not strengthening our weakest points, which is your knees. And all you keep doing is more cardio and burning more calories. This isn't going to help your knees. This isn't going to help your long-term health and progress. So funny enough, the next week, she cancels her membership and training with me. And she goes, Sean, I listened to you and I bought a $2,000 bike. I'm going to ride that every single day now. I don't need to do any more training. Well, that wasn't exactly the story I wanted to share, and it was definitely not the outcome because ironically, she did say that she listened, but she really didn't. And still to this day, she probably has really, really bad knees. So this is what I want to avoid people from doing. I want people to avoid 
going through these basically burn the wheel or you know, spinning the wheels kind of method. So I want to really preface this before we go into the three mistakes and how to actually do cardio. I want to share why and how you're going to structure your program. The first thing is you definitely need to start prioritizing strength. Now, obviously, if you're in that in that group of people when you're like, oh, but I don't want to get too chunky, I'm not strong enough. That's the reason why you need to do strength training, first of all, because you're not strong enough. If you can't bend your knees like good old Bella over here, what's the point of us doing all this cardio um, and burning calories when you still can't function? We need to start looking at longevity. And B, if you think you're gonna get too chunky, well, you know what? Send me a photo of what happens in six months when you stick to it, because you know if you can win a lot of competitions from being chunky, then you may as well capitalize on that. But what I really wanna focus on is that you should be focusing on the strengthening exercises to let your body become mobile, to become more um, capable for life and for longevity. Then start focusing on your nutrition to make sure it complements your training and your lifestyle. And now we start to implement cardio. So let's go to the first step. And this is one that a lot of people will try and avoid for some reason because it's too easy. But I'm not sure about you guys, I like easy. If I can do something easy and consistently, then why would I need to waste my energy and my efforts into doing something hard that would mean that I need to make it even harder when it starts losing its effect. So easy things first. The first easy thing is start to get your incidental exercise up. Why is this so easy? This is literally just getting your steps up. It's cheap, it's effective, and to be honest, with our society that we live in today, we're so used to looking at our computer screen. I had another lady who was complaining that, oh, you know, I work from home. I work from home from nine to five. And I just have no energy. I come to the gym and she was basically half asleep half the time when I was training her. I said, go for a walk. Wake up 30 minutes before you shift and get your coffee, put a podcast on and go for a walk. Oh, I just, I don't have enough energy. I don't know what you want me to do after that. And side note as a coach, like if you're gonna hire someone maybe you need to start thinking about how can you do things not telling them every single time that you can't do something i'm sure you didn't hire someone to complain about what you can't do but start to come to the conversation and start thinking about how can you start to implement these things so i said to her look why don't you do 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes at night because if you can walk for 10 minutes in the morning before you shift or 20 minutes before your shift your lunch break that you have for half an hour, once you go for a 10 minute walk, because you're working from home, you can eat while you're working. And then after dinner or before dinner or after your shift, have a 10 minute cool down period to go for a walk before you come to the gym. These are small little things that you can start to do. And obviously you can hear some other um, cheesy ones, which I really still like to be honest. And they could be as simple as park your car further away and go for a walk, you know? Every, I work in an office job right now. Every hour, walk for five minutes. It could be as simple as, like I said, going for a walk, doing a lunch break, and then eating at your desk, especially if you work in an office job. I know a lot of places are very flexible with this. Start to find what you can do repetitively and consistently so it doesn't become such a chore. 
low intensity, easy, and consistency, which brings us to tip number two. So let's go bring it back to Bella because good old Bella and her air bike that she bought for $2,000, she was doing high intensity training every single time. I said to her, look, what are you? I followed up with her. I said, what are you doing with this air bike? We're gonna go really, really hard for 30 seconds. And we're gonna go really, really slow for 30 seconds. And we're gonna do it 20 times. We'll do that every single day. I'm like, mm, good in concept. I would recommend that you only do that once or twice per week. But Sean, I burn more calories because they're looking at the screen, right? I burn more calories when I do it this way. We're not looking at calories, we're looking at sustainability. I painted that picture. Do you think you can do this six months from now? Constantly doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'll be fine. Wasn't a realist. Realistically, and not even I do this, I don't train every single day. And if I do train every single day, they need to make sure that you have a capacity that you can recover from it. Anyone who does train every single day means they're not training to their full capacity every single training session because recover, recovery rate will never outweigh your fatigue that you build up. So you need to make sure because father clock over here, father time always wins every single time. You need to start managing yourself. And when it comes to the strength conditioning world, which I used to come from, it's not about how hard you can train at times. It's about how hard you can recover from each training session. Because if you're carrying a whole bunch of you know, aches and pains from one training session to another training session into another training session, you're not going to be able to sustain that for long term. So when it comes to cardio, make sure it's low intensity. Start thinking about what can you add? Would it be walking like I mentioned before in step number one? Would it be the bike possibly because it has no impact on your knee joints? Let's put it this way as well. Runners, they don't run every single time for cardio. They also do in cross train and also strength train to look after their joints. So start thinking smarter as opposed to just working harder because if you're going to push hard every single time, there are phases and seasons for this, might I add. But if you're going to do it from the start and try and expect yourself to do it for the next 20 years pushing you really hard, you're going to be in for a shock and you're probably going to fail. So start thinking about long term. Maybe every, and this is what we do with you know, smart programming, first week of the month is going to be 75 to 80%. Second week of the month might be 85 to 90%. Third week of the month might be the hardest one. We might be doing two or three high intensity um, cardio sessions if you really wanted to, or even weight training sessions too. Then on the fourth week, you're gonna rest a little bit by maybe doing four sessions to two sessions. There's always phases to this, making sure that cardio is not going to be the main reason why you're getting absolutely fatigued, because as we all know, the longevity doesn't come from cardio, it also comes from strength, if not the majority of it, because cardio sessions and even bikes and treadmills when you see everyone joining the gyms, um, I always made an effort to teach them and say, well, that's not gonna work your arms, it's gonna not keep you functional, it's gonna keep you walking, it's gonna keep your heart well, don't get me wrong, but we can also benefit from doing that with strength training by making sure we keep your functionality of each joint, segment, movement that you actually go through in life as well. So now that we've also talked about um, nutrition and diet, I guess this is gonna tie into our third one. So first you're gonna obviously prioritize the most incidental consistent exercise and that's walking. I really don't believe 
that there's anyone out there who cannot walk for more than 20 minutes per day. If you really think that you can't, then you've really got to straighten out your priorities. Walking is not a hard task to do. Hitting 6,000 to 7,000 steps, also not a hard task to do. You need to put some effort into it. Because if you can't do that, then well, everything else is gonna be super, super hard. We wanna add in some low intensity cardio as well. So walking, biking, cross trainer. These ones have less impact on your joints. Unless you are actually a runner or a sprinter, it doesn't need to be that specific. I myself don't do any running or sprinting, so I don't need to benefit from doing too much running or sprinting. So I just do some walking and air bike. Now, once you've done those things, you've kept on top of your nutrition, as we mentioned before, so you don't have all these holes in your bucket. Look after your sleep as well. You hit your strength training. If all of that still does not see a change in your body weight, a change in your lifestyle, a change of you physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, then on top of that, we start to add more if we need to. But I truly believe a lot of people will get so much benefit for strength training two to four times per week to your full capacity. You're adding in six to 7,000 steps per day, if not more, up to 10,000. Then you're also looking after your nutrition and doing that consistently while doing your cardio of um, walking at a low intensity, if you've done those three things or four things, you're gonna see some big progress. You're just probably not tracking it. But if you still don't see any progress after six to seven weeks, then we start to add on top. I really don't believe a lot of people need more than three cardio sessions per week on top of three weight training sessions per week on top of eating consistently and also walking six to seven to 10,000 steps per day that you need to do more than two or three cardio sessions, more than 20 minutes. But that's what people believe in. People believe that it needs to be the big giant slog for 12 weeks, but forget that they have the rest of their life to work towards and sustain as well. So this is obviously the message of the day is think about sustainability. How much cardio should you do? the least amount that you need to do to be able to get the goal that you're looking for. But if you're getting three to four sessions of weight training sessions, and to be honest, like almost 80% of the people that I train, we do three to four weight training sessions. We hit our steps from six to 10,000, depending on their lifestyle. We keep consistent with their nutrition. That's all they need to do and they'll see amazing changes. If you don't see them, it's because you have a leaky bucket and we're looking at trying to add more into the bucket as opposed to trying to fix the holes in it before. So if you're adding extra cardio on top, you're just pouring more water into your really shitty bucket. We need to start fixing the holes instead. Nutrition, training, steps, recoverability. That's all I really got for today. And look, it's a bit of a um, bit of a ramble to be honest, but I've been doing this for 12 years. And when I tell people these things, they go, nah, you're wrong. Well, why would I lie? <laughs> I've been doing this for 12 years. I've got more degrees than I need to to have to teach people how to change their lifestyles. So the honest truth is, I'm not lying. Why do you think I'm lying? Why do you actually think this is not true? I can't answer that question for you because this is a podcast. This is a one-way conversation, might I add. But I hope this actually sends through to someone out there because I know there's someone out there who's doing something silly like 500 calories a day, thinking that this is the greatest thing because they're dropping so much weight. But guess what? You can't, risk, you can't live the rest of your life like that. 
All right, team. I'm going to leave it there for the time being. I know it's a bit of a ramble, like I said, a bit of a rant. But if you enjoyed this episode, just chuck a screenshot of um, yourself wherever you're listening to. Might it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts? Just screenshot that for me. Tag me on Instagram, Sean.Momentum, S-E-A-N.Momentum. I want to know who's listening to this podcast. I want to have a conversation with you. And thank you, of course. Now, if you've done that, I would also love if you could leave me a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or even both of them. I want this message to be sent out to all the right people. My goal is only to teach people how to be sustainable because the fitness industry can be quite conniving and selling you a dream but I want people to know the other side of it and to be sustainable is probably the best thing. I've gone through all the phases. I'm still kind of going through it. I'm only 31 or 30, should I say, turning 31. And um, right now my life has changed. I'm thinking more about longevity, but I still want to make sure I can look and feel good too without my back hurting every time I go to put on my shoes. Anyway, take care, guys. I'll take... Um, I'll take some messages as well. So send me any topics that you might have to the email address in the description box below. And um, I would love to answer a question or two or even dedicate a podcast to your exact question too. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Keep building momentum.